Two announcements on guys' futures when it comes to the BYU football program have thrown two different position groups into chaos. We'll talk about both of those guys, both Puka Nakua and Gabe Judy Lowley, ahead on today's show. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And the goal here is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. I give you all the news and notes you guys need when it comes to BYU football. Now, we got two major topics ahead on today's show football-wise. We'll also preview BYU's matchup with Pacific and men's basketball tonight as well. We'll get to that a little later on, but Two announcements yesterday uh, via social media that are going to uh, cause us to move our mailbag segment, which was supposed to be on today's show, and move that to Friday. But uh, Pukunakua officially announcing that he is headed for the NFL draft, as we all expected, as well as Gabe Judy Lally, BYU starting cornerback on the defensive side of the football, announcing that he is going to transfer from BYU after just one season in Provo. So we're going to do this. We're going to break this up into two, I guess what we call our position debriefings for both the wide receiver core and the cornerback room so we'll get to all of that on today's show but let's dive right now into the BYU wide receiver room we'll start off there Pukunakua making it officially official that he is headed for the NFL draft made that announcement formally on social media yesterday Instagram Twitter everywhere he he seems to post he put up the statement out there and this was not surprising he opted out of playing the bowl game because he was getting ready for the senior bowl wants to be as healthy as he can be for that Uh, the hope is for a guy like Puka as he makes the jump to the NFL and goes to the Senior Bowl, etc., is that he can improve his draft stock with a stellar showing at these showcase events. He leaves a big hole, obviously, for BYU on offense. He uh, tallied 91 receptions for 1,430 yards and 11 touchdowns in his two seasons at BYU. He played 21 of a possible 26 games at BYU, but many of us uh, will recall not all those games were the ones that he actually finished because he got injured in a few of them. He had 48 receptions for 525 yards and five touchdowns this past season alone, but His hope is that he's going to go to the Senior Bowl now and be able to put on a show against the best talent defensive back-wise that the nation offers in terms of uh, draft-eligible juniors who have graduated and obviously seniors as well, that he will be able to improve his draft stock. Everything I understand is he's currently looking at a a mid-round grade as it stands, uh, talking with people around this. A similar situation to Jaron Hall. I had a conversation with a person who's far more in the know on NFL draft evaluations yesterday, and he told me on the Jaron Hall front, he thought Jaron Hall was a day three guy, but he thought the top half of day three. He thought fourth or fifth round, but uh, a lot of these showcase events, the senior bowl for both Puka Nakua and Jaron Hall will be critical for them to go out there and be able to show what they are capable of doing. So, 
Puka obviously leaves a hole for BYU and Keaton Slovis, who you expect to be QB1, obviously you'll be looking for a new number one wide receiver. Other guys who have departed the program or will be departing the program include Gunnar Romney. He only had five receptions for 59 yards and just under two games played this year for BYU. Very disappointing final stanza for him as a Cougar and no matter what happens next for him, wish him the best and hopefully uh, good health and good fortune moving forward. Brayden Cosper also announcing he's moving forward. He finished this season with 30 receptions, 363 yards and one touchdown. I would imagine both of them will probably at least test the NFL waters, get evaluations in terms of what their draft prospects are. Uh, at the very best, both of them are likely undrafted free agents. If they want to pursue that route, more power to them. Or if they want to pursue maybe the XFL or the USFL, which are both going to be playing spring football this year to hopefully uh, improve their opportunities to play professionally, that might be an option for them as well. But even if they don't pursue that, you wish them nothing but the best moving forward. So those are three major guys leaving BYU uh, pretty uh, empty on the wide receiver front. But the good news is, with the injuries that Puka Nakua as well as Gunnar Romney faced this year, we all thought that BYU was going to be led by those two. I I had a thought that both of them could challenge maybe for potentially 1,000 yards each in 2022, but that obviously did not come to fruition. The nice part was that other guys stepped up in their absence. It allowed guys like Keanu Hill, Cody Epps, and Chase Roberts in particular, that trio, they very much stood up and became household names for BYU fans. Uh, Keanu Hill had maybe the most quiet, stellar season in some time for BYU. Tallied 36 receptions, 572 yards, and oh, by the way, led the team in touchdown receptions with seven on the year. Very, very impressive numbers for Keanu Hill, and I expect that he'll be looking forward to being playing uh, Big 12 football. This is a kid who grew up in Texas. He'll be obviously be able to play a little closer to home in some of these conference games in 2023. I would imagine he takes another step forward and maybe truly does become that number one wide receiver for BYU. Uh, that, that'd be nice to see him do that. The other two guys, Cody Epps and Chase Roberts, they both were guys that BYU fans, yours truly included, were hoping well, it would finally break out for BYU and break out they did. Cody Epps, 39 receptions, 459 yards and finished second on the team, tied for second on the team with six touchdowns. Roberts uh, had a few more injury concerns, 22 receptions, 357 yards and three touchdowns, but very much both of these guys were guys that you remember at midseason, they would seemingly trade off games, breaking out and having monster performances. So there is a thought that the, between this trio of Keanu Hill, Cody Epps and Chase Roberts, maybe not not uh, Puka Nakua in the bunch in terms of just being that truly uh, alpha dog number one wide receiver, but BYU may have a trio of guys who on any given night are capable of going for 100, 150 yards and a couple of scores. That's the positive for BYU's wide receiving core, and that should excite you going into 2023. There's also the hope that BYU will have some of the youngsters in the room also begin to grow up. Uh, Parker Kingston, who we saw uh, have a, a, a rush in that New Mexico Bowl on a fly sweep, the hope is that his speed will finally come to fruition at the wide receiver position for BYU. This is a kid who's got pure unadulterated speed. The ability to get down the field and burn anybody if given the opportunity. The hope is that he will have a similar kind of sophomore breakout season, similar to what we saw from Roberts and Epps. Other guy to keep an eye on is Kyson Hall, the, four, uh, the younger brother of Jaron and KJ Hall. He is the third Hall brother to play football for BYU and Kyson spent this season really kind of working off the mission rust, but this is a kid at Maple Mountain High School that was very, very 
very good at the prep level. The hope is that similar to a guy like Parker Kingston, he gets the opportunity to shine next year in more of a featured role. But the good news is it doesn't stop there with the, with the addition of other guys coming in here. Obviously, you have uh, uh, guys like Dom Henry. Uh, let's see who else is on the list. Uh, Terrence, uh, Terrence Fall transferred to NAU, so he's off the list. Uh, Cade Moore, Tanner Wall, Hobbs Nyberg, Talmadge Gunther, and Dom Henry. All walk-ons, if I'm not mistaken, to the BYU football program. Their status, obviously, is going to be a question moving forward. We've heard great things about Tanner Wall. The thought was that he's going to see some playing time for this year, this year for BYU. Mainly saw it on special teams. Hobbs Nyberg has been a return specialist for BYU. Does that continue for him, or does he finally get a chance to show what he can do at wide receiver? Talmadge Gunther just seems to be a special teams ace. Uh, Cade Moore, he is seemingly every year a spring and a fall camp uh, sensation, but never has seen time in any meaningful way for BYU. And then also Dom Henry, he was moved to defensive back this year. If you recall, he was the top wide receiver in the Florida prep ranks before coming to BYU as a preferred walk-on, but has just not been able to find the field for the Cougars. And he, moved, he was moved to defensive back. Does he come back to wide receiver? Only time will tell. But as I mentioned, there are plenty of additions coming by way of the transfer portal potentially as well as recruiting. They received the news earlier uh, last week that Josiah or Jojo Phillips from Sierra Canyon High School in Southern California has officially signed with BYU. I would imagine he's coming in expecting to contribute right away. He's got elite size, six foot four, 190 pounds. Uh, BYU actually listed him at six foot five in their release. But regardless, a tall physical wide receiver who is a guy that I think BYU was looking forward to seeing what he can do. This is a guy I think would have been a higher rated prospect had he not stepped away for at least an entire year of his high school career to focus on playing basketball. This is a guy who played alongside Bronny James, folks. Sarah Canyon High School is where LeBron James' son, Bronny, as well as his other son, I I don't remember what LeBron's younger son's name is, uh, Bryce, I think is what it is. They both play at Sierra Canyon. And this is a guy, Jojo Phillips, who played hoops at that program in addition to football. So I think BYU's got a pretty nice steal in Jojo Phillips coming into BYU. Had 500-plus yards this year and five touchdowns for Sierra Canyon. And I would imagine he thinks that he's coming in right away competing for playing time. And then the other guy in terms of the uh, the guys who have committed to BYU and signed in the early signing period is Pokai Awa or Pokai Haunga from uh Timview High School. Uh, he is listed at both a wide receiver and running back for BYU in the release in terms of the signing for him. We'll see what position he ultimately plays at BYU. He was the more accomplished at the wide receiver position at Timview High School, but also had his moments at running back as well for the Thunderbirds. Uh, I'm interested to see what ultimately happens with him. I think it's going to really depend on what happens with his frame, his body. He's five foot eleven, listed at 200 pounds currently. Does he go on a mission, come back maybe weighing 220, 230 pounds, and you're like, okay, that's more of a running back size to see what you can do as a running back or does he stay at that kind of that more 200 mark and ends up playing wide receiver for BYU regardless I I understand that I believe he's going on a mission so he's probably a few years off from truly competing for BYU but it's a guy to keep an eye on down the road and now the final name and it came in just by way of an announcement on social media right before I sat down to record this podcast is that BYU has finally offered Snow College standout Marquis Montgomery uh, from the Snow College football program now Montgomery 
Montgomery has gotten all kinds of attention from all over the country. Offers most recently from programs like Liberty, Penn State. Uh, previously had reported at least an offer from Utah a while back as well. This is a guy who's a pretty high-level wide receiver. Elite size, similar to a guy like JoJo Phillips. Six foot four or six foot five, depending on which recruiting site you li- you look at. But most of the recruiting sites across the board that I saw have him at worst as the number five JUCO wide receiver in this year's class. I saw one as high as number three. I think that was might have been 24-7 sports, but still very, very highly thought of wide receiver. And apparently BYU thinks highly enough of him finally to give him that offer. I know he's visited BYU at least two times uh, during the season on unofficial visits coming up from Snow College. And he's got to be fairly familiar with BYU. This is a kid originally from Hawaii, Kapolei, if I recall correctly, out there on the island of Oahu. And look forward to maybe seeing him join the ranks for BYU because he's got to be thinking similar to a guy like JoJo Phillips that he can come in right away and be a factor for BYU on the offensive side of things. Like I said, a great size for a wide receiver. Maybe not the fastest guy out there, but plenty of speed to compete right away at the Power 5 level for BYU. And that's really what they're looking for right now. They're looking for Power 5 level football players. This is a whole new era for the BYU football program. But I guess my overall takeaway for the wide receiver position is yes, you lose three very highly thought of guys, especially Pukunakua, who was Mr. Everything for BYU this year. But you also lose Gunnar Romney, who has had great moments for the Cougars, as well as Braden Cosper, who is a very reliable guy once he finally got past all the injuries he had early on in his career. Losing those three absolutely will put a dent in BYU in terms of their passing game. But the nice part is... They've got three very established guys who had sensational uh, breakout seasons, I felt like, this year in absence of some of those uh, more highly thought of guys, speaking of Nakua and Romney. And then also, I think the incoming talent and the young talent in the wide receiver room for BYU, it should excite you. The nice part is is that I think this gives an opportunity for a number of guys going into spring ball coming up in just a couple of months' time. Actually, it's three months' time. It gives them a huge opportunity to step forward and say, okay, I'm capable of contributing in a, to a high degree. And the other part about this is with a new quarterback stepping in ostensibly, Keaton Slovis, you start to develop rapport with him. That's also going to help your chances of being a, a bigger factor for BYU. So yeah, wide receiver takes a dent with the departures of three high-level guys, but the nice part is the talent base is there for BYU to kind of just keep on keeping on. And I also do not discount the fact that Fessy Satake is coaching up this wide receiver position group. And what I love about Fessy is he gets the absolute best out of every single one of his guys. I, I can't can't speak highly enough of what Fessy does for each one of the guys in his position group room, and he will obviously be hoping to carry that legacy forward of elite wide receiver play and hopefully help out a guy like Keaton Slovis have that season he's looking forward to having in his final year of eligibility. So some good things, I think, on the horizon for BYU football, especially when it comes to the wide receivers, even if the headliners, quote-unquote, aren't going to be in the program going into the Big 12 era. All right, so that's part number one uh, of our conversation about BYU wide receiving core in terms of our uh our position debriefings. Well, the other announcement came yesterday that Gabe Judy Lally, a starting cornerback for BYU on the defensive side of the football, he has announced he's entering the transfer portal, leaving BYU after just under, what, a semester? Maybe a semester and a half as a Cougar. What does that do for BYU on the cornerback side of things? We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all of your sports betting information, stats, news, and analysis. I've said it once, I'll, I'll say it again. Bet Online should start like putting all 
odds on high level transfers in the transfer portal and like start taking wagers on what program they may go to. I think it'd be kind of fun. I know that sounds wrong, but hey, anything else you want to bet on, Bet Online's got it for you guys. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football to the college bowl season, basketball, both college hoops, as well as the NBA. They've got you covered top to bottom at Bet Online. And if you love sports podcasts as well, you can even find those on Bet Online too. They are the fastest and the easiest way to get all of your betting information right now. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more now. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you once again for checking out Locked On Cougars and joining us here on YouTube or wherever you tune in from on the various podcast providers out there. I want to make sure you guys check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. It covers the biggest stories in sports around the world in 25 minutes or less. Included our instant reactions to all that news, game recaps, and of course, Locked On's famous take of the day. That's Locked On Sports, uh, excuse me, Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so we got some news yesterday. Yesterday, uh, by way of uh, social media uh, from Gabe Judy Lally, BYU starting cornerback, that he is actually going to enter the NCAA transfer portal. He was a graduate transfer into the BYU football program uh, just uh, this past offseason, speaking of 2022, and was a very highly thought of guy coming to BYU. Had played at Vanderbilt, started the majority of two full seasons for the Commodores, graduated, and was coming to BYU ostensibly to finish out his uh, playing career and be the guy for the Cougars. But uh, he is decided that it is his time to move forward. He spent one season in a Cougar uniform and now he will have two more years of eligibility remaining after he transfers to wherever he goes to. And for those of you wondering... He is eligible to transfer without penalty right now because he was a graduate transfer to BYU. That's a free transfer if you graduate from the institution you were attending at the time. Well, that still doesn't mean he that he hasn't used that. Excuse me, that means he still has not used his free one-time transfer uh, according to the NCAA. So he can make that transfer right away and play wherever he ends up. The other thing about this is I believe he was in BYU's Masters of Business Administration program, and I believe if he did the accelerated one-year program, he could be done and have a second uh, degree in hand and graduate and transfer without penalty regardless of the situation. But a bit of a surprise overall to have Gabe Judy Lally lead BYU's cornerback room because he figured to be a starter for BYU going into the Big 12 era and ostensibly carry them through 2024 potentially as a starter for the Cougars. Uh, on its head, it's a bit of a strange transfer, but the more I thought about this with Gabe deciding to leave the BYU football program, the more I'm thinking that this may have just been him looking at the tea leaves and saying, okay, what do I excel at. I'm a great tackler in space. I'm more of a zone cover guy versus a man coverage guy. And what I mean by that is BYU's defensive backs under Elisa Tuiaki's uh, defensive regime, I guess also same thing with Ed Lamb, was they were called upon to go more of a zone coverage concept than man coverage. Well, Jay Hill comes in now as BYU's defensive defensive coordinator and what he has always favored as the DC at Utah, also during his time as the head coach at Weber State, is he likes man press coverage. We're talking one-on-one, guys covering wide receivers one-on-one. Gabe Judy Lally, maybe the chief weakness, if you want to call it that, in his uh, gameplay is as a man cover guy. So he may just have decided, you know what, it's time for me to move forward. There are other factors at play. There could be a family situation, grades. There are so many different things that go into decisions like this. I I don't want to say this is why he's leaving because I don't know 
why Gabe Judy Lally's leaving. He leaves BYU with a pretty large hole in that cornerback room because they also lost D'Angelo Mandel, a multi-year starter for BYU. His eligibility exhausted finally at BYU. He was injured for the final few games of the season for BYU, so uh, losing him hurts. And then Caleb Hayes was sensational the two seasons he played for BYU as a transfer in his own right from Oregon State. I thought Caleb Hayes was probably BYU's best cornerback across the board, a guy who I thought exceeded more in terms of uh, man coverage than anything else. But he ended up having 40 tackles this year for BYU, seven pass breakups, had 11 PBUs in 2021. Crazily enough, did not record an interception either of the two uh, games that he pl- uh, two seasons he played at BYU. So it's a bit disappointing never to have that interception there. But the thing about this is, is this is a, a, a position group that suddenly is very, very light on guys who are proven options uh, to be BYU's uh, future at cornerback. Really the only guy that's on the roster right now who has extensive experience playing cornerback for BYU is Jacob Robinson, the transfer from Utah State. Uh, he ended up taking over more of a starting role uh, opposite Gabe Judy Lally late in the season as BYU's defensive uh, core was uh, was thinned out due to injury and all that other type of stuff. So he probably is right now on paper your number one cornerback. But does anybody think that Jacob Robinson is capable of being that guy for BYU? We're going to find out because he, like I said, is truly the only guy on the roster right now who has extensive playing experience at the Division One level. The one thing I like about Jacob Robinson, he's not the biggest guy in the world. They list him generously at five foot 165 pounds. Uh, this is a guy who played safety for BYU at 160 pounds uh, during the 2021 season and did fairly well considering the lack of size he had. But he is a guy that BYU is going to be hoping can step up hit now. He had 51 total tackles this past season, one interception, five pass breakups, but that leaves the door open for Jay Hill to go and pluck a guy from his former program, Weber State, and Eddie Heckard. Uh, Eddie Heckard was an All-American for Weber State, uh, was an absolute sensation this past year, 68 total tackles, two interceptions, seven pass breakups uh, on his way to earning All-American honors for the Wildcats. He's a graduate transfer from Weber State. Originally, it announced that he's going to go to the NFL, he's going to enter the NFL draft, and then just a couple of days later, announced, you know what, I'm actually going to enter the, the transfer portal. If BYU doesn't land Eddie Heckard, I'd be stunned, frankly. I'm not saying that he's going to sign tomorrow. I'm not saying he's locked in with BYU. But it just seems too natural for BYU not to go and pursue him, to bring him in to be one of BYU's starters this coming season. Because in theory, he could be starting opposite Jacob Robinson. That's probably your tandem as your starting cornerbacks for BYU. Other guys who could enter the conversation for that include Maury Bamba coming in as a transfer uh, from uh, a junior college down there in Texas. Tanner Jacobson, the former BYU defensive back, now the head coach at Tyler Junior College, got to Tyler and saw Maury Bamba and called BYU and said, hey, uh, by the way, you may want to recruit this guy. Maury Bamba has got all the size in the in the world you could want. Six foot three, 190 pounds. He's still got two years of eligibility remaining for BYU. And the hope is, after another uh, offseason of work and obviously getting uh, work uh, in late in some games this year for BYU, he finished with two total tackles on the season in sparse action, but the hope is that he can make a step forward. So 
there's a huge opportunity for BYU here in the in the cornerback room to go out and hopefully find some talent because that's the one thing about this I have not discussed yet is that they now need to hit the transfer portal hard. They need probably one, two, three guys to come in and compete, and that may not just be transfer portal. That could be more junior college transfers coming for BYU. I think Eddie Heckard is one of the three, and like I said, it just seems too natural for Eddie Heckard not to end up at BYU to play for his former coach, get an opportunity to play at the Power Five level, up his draft draft stock significantly making the jump from a high level FCS player to a power five level. If he can succeed at the power five level for BYU, who's to say that his draft stock is not significantly improved than it was uh, during his time at Weber state, but it's a whole new era for BYU's defense. Gone are the days of BYU playing cover three, cover four, drop eight, all, all that stuff. They may play that from time to time, but the favored defensive scheme for BYU going forward under Jay Hill, unless I am completely mistaken, but but his track record suggests this is that he will require his cornerbacks to be man press guys to go up one-on-one across from a wide receiver and shut them down. That is what he's going to expect. He expects them to be able to hold up in coverage to allow his uh, blitzing philosophy to get home and frustrate opposing quarterbacks. It's going to be critical for guys at BYU to, to develop that skill. And obviously Gennaro Guilford will be tasked with doing that. And he's done a decent job, I think, getting guys up to speed, but it's even more imperative now, considering that's what the base defense for BYU is going to be called, uh, is going to be requiring guys. It's not going to be called. It's going to be requiring guys to play that man zone. Not not a man zone. It's going to be playing man cover. Uh, excuse me, man press coverage. Man, if I get the words out of my mouth. Uh, but uh, the other thing about this is they also had two other young players transfer from the program, and Nathaniel Gillis as well as Corbin Green. You wish them nothing but the best. I think both of them probably were guys that had conversations with coaches and said, "Hey, this is what we're looking at. This is where you probably." Stand. And they said, you know what? Let's go look for something else. I believe Gillis already landed at Northern Colorado with Ed Lamb. So congratulations to him on that. Now, the other uh, options in the room for BYU in terms of cornerbacks that remain on the roster as of now include Zion Allen, one of the freshmen who came in this past year, six foot one, 160 pounds from Stockton, California. Chika Ebunoha, I believe is how you pronounce that correctly, was actually maybe the best of the freshmen. He actually saw more action than most of the other freshmen this year. And I think that there's, there's exciting for this young man's potential. Six foot, 180 pounds, played in uh, the Tucson area down there in Arizona. BYU found him by actually scouting one of his teammates at his high school, and his high school coach said, hey, you may want to check this kid out, and I think that he's got a future potential for BYU if he continues to develop. Evan Johnson remains on the roster, guy from Monterey Bay Area in California, six foot one, 175 pounds. If you hear me list these heights and weights, you probably see there's a very much a trend here for BYU. They like tall, long wide receivers who got long levers. That may change a little bit with the man coverage schemes BYU's asking for, because really, uh, when it comes to man coverage, you've got to be able to just go on one on one with guys. Height and length obviously helps, but you have to have the speed and the just the coverage ability. There's one other guy I need to mention here, and that includes Quentin Rice. Uh, he is the son of former BYU defensive back Rodney Rice, kind of inviting his time at BYU, kind of filtering between safety and cornerback for BYU. He's got cornerback size, six foot one, 195 pounds out of the Las Vegas area. So any one of those four guys I just listed as the, as the young guys in this core obviously will have an opportunity in the spring ball to make an impression on Jay Hill as their new defensive uh, coordinator. They're going to have to because, like I mentioned, Jay's coming in with a whole new philosophy defensively, and what does that ultimately yield for BYU? Only time will tell, but 
Losing uh, Gabe Judy Lally absolutely uh, puts a major dent in the defensive backfield for BYU, but they also, I think, have an opportunity now to go attack the transfer portal, the junior college ranks, maybe even scour the high school ranks for a few guys who maybe uh, slipped through the cracks in this uh, final run-up to the National Signing Day in early February to find a few guys to bring into the program. It, it, like I said, it's it's a very unique look back at what was for BYU's cornerbacks, where they were called upon to be more of zone cover guys, and now if you project forward now, it's a completely different uh, universe for them to exist in. So I'm very interested to see what happens for these guys and ultimately who steps up. I, like I said, Jacob Robinson, he's got to be the guy right now for BYU because he's on the roster and he has proven production. Outside of him, massive, massive question marks for BYU at cornerback after uh, Gabe Judy Lally's transfer. Now, two other names I probably should mention before we go here when it comes to the cornerbacks, include junior Jacob Boren, a former walk-on who has had his moments at slot uh, for BYU, as well as Caleb Christensen, who is a return guy for most of his time at BYU. I don't know what their status for both of them is. They're both former walk-ons, undersized dudes. Boren listed at five foot nine. If he's five foot nine, I'm probably six three. And then Caleb Christensen at five foot ten. Uh, he's never really proven to be more than a return guy for BYU, and has uh, been in the transfer portal multiple times during his time as a Cougar. Uh, he may ultimately decide to move on from football at some point. So I. I don't know about their status either, but a whole lot of question marks at cornerback. That that's the overall takeaway you should take from this position group debriefing. Is was overall, I think a decent season. I think Gabe Judy Lally stood out pretty well. I thought Caleb Hayes was BYU's best uh, corner in terms of coverage ability. D'Angelo Mandel uh, finished out his career, unfortunately uh, due to injury, did not get to play the final few games of his career. And then I thought uh, Jacob Robinson. Despite his uh, lack of size, like I said, five foot eleven, one hundred and sixty-five pounds, he's just not a big dude. He gets he gets it done, and that's what I love about him. Is just he's fearless in, in terms of his. Uh play as a corner and it goes back to his high school days. I remember watching him at Orem High School and he was such a skinny dude but he was absolutely fearless out there on the football field and that's a commendable thing. You, you can work with that and we'll find out. So I uh, expect the transfer portal to play a large part now suddenly for BYU in the cornerback uh, position but uh, it also opens up opportunities. Uh, I think Eddie Heckard is an easy uh, idea to bring to BYU from Weber State but don't be surprised if he's uh, one of maybe two or three guys that come in via the transfer portal, junior college, or other uh, additions to this roster upcoming in the offseason. All right, there you go. BYU's cornerbacks. All right, so we have pounded out two more of our position debriefings. Only plan to actually really do the wide receiver one today, but when Gabe Judy Lally announced that he's moving on from BYU, then we're obviously going to get to that right away and bring you the news as soon as it happens. All right, we'll finish out today's show with some final thoughts on BYU men's basketball. They open a West Coast Conference play finally tonight as they take on Pacific out there in Stockton, California. What to expect from this matchup? We'll get to all of that in just a moment. First of all, a word on our friends over the National Highway Traffic and Safety administration. Uh, Here's the scenario, my friends. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling for a ride, but then you think, nah, I live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you're going to get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up, you lose your license, you lose your job, you total your car, you kill somebody. Everybody knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are often tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everybody from getting behind the wheel under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our on our roads and their goal is to save lives so if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks think again play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride it only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever drive sober or get 
pulled over. Today's show is also brought to you in part by our friends over at UCCU. They are offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Plus, during that 15-month period, you can even jump up to a higher rate of return anytime during the life of that certificate. We all know that right now, interest rates and uh, the inflation numbers are absolutely out of control. Uh, The Federal Reserve is still trying to get those under control. And so long as they remain high, this is a great opportunity to help you use this current rise in rates to your advantage by getting these savings certificates. Once again, it's a 15-month savings certificate from Utah Community Credit Union with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. That 4.00% return is significantly higher than any type of checking account, savings account, whatever you might have your money in. So take advantage of it now. The best part is you make one deposit, then let your money grow and grow and grow during that period of time. And if rates continue to rise, you get to jump up your interest rate at one point during that 15-month period as well and continue to have that money flow back into your account. So take advantage of this now. The best part is it can start for as low as $500. You can get started at any point, wherever you might be in life's financial journey. To open that savings certificate, it's really easy. You can do it online, over the phone, or just stop into any UCCU branch. But remember, this is only for a limited time. So take advantage of it now. Go online to learn more. That's uccu.com. You can get started there with that savings certificate process and do it right now. That's all courtesy of our friends at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. And now BYU basketball begins their final season as members of the West Coast Conference in men's basketball tonight. Uh, they are be taking on the Pacific Tigers out there in Stockton, California. A little bit of an earlier start time on the West Coast. It'll be a 7 o'clock tip. Uh, for BYU taking on the Tigers. And this should be an interesting game because the Tigers aren't what they have been in the past. They have been a, kind of a thorn in the side for, of BYU when Damon Stoudemire was their head coach. Stoudemire made the jump back into the NBA to join the Boston Celtics staff. He's now, I believe, the associate head coach uh, under uh, Joe Mazzula out there with the Celtics. So congratulations to him. But the Tigers have kind of scuffled along. They're 7-8 and eight on the season. Uh, they have won, I believe it's, it's, it's four of their last five coming into this game, the last three in particular, beating San Jose State, Lamar, Stanislaus State. Don't ask me what Stanislaus State is. Uh, they lost to Cal State East Bay, though. That's a Division II program. So they got some really weird losses on their schedule, but they are still plenty talented, and they have a four-headed uh, leader in terms of their stats if you go by the scoring. Uh, Keelan Boone leads the way with 10.8 points per game, and then three other guys are a .1 points per game average back behind him. Tyler Beard, Luke Avdolovich, and also Jordan Ivy Curry, all four of them guards, all averaging 10 points per game. So that's the thing about this is they have a pretty balanced scoring attack, and BYU is going to have to counter that with what they've got on their side of things. BYU should be capable of winning this game. Uh, this is a game that should, BYU should go in thinking we're going to be 1-0 coming out of this. Uh, uh, the thing about Pacific, they shoot the three at a pretty high clip, 39.3% for the season as a team. Uh, Tyler Beard, 44.1%. Luke Avdolovich, in limited uh, shots in terms of shooting from three, shoots 60.7%. But like I said, he's not taking many threes at all. But still, they can hit the three at a high clip. And if you allow them to get hot on their home court, that could prove problematic for BYU. BYU. So the biggest thing for Mark Pope's squad is go in there and handle your business. This is a BYU team, speaking of the men's basketball program, who's been riding a hot streak right now. 
Now they've won five straight coming into this. They're sitting at 10 and five. I think they have been better in the non-conference slate than any of us probably could have predicted uh, going in, especially after losing to South Dakota and UVU back to back. I was thinking, man, are they going to be 500 when it comes to West Coast Conference play? Well, here they are, five games over 500, and that's a positive if you're a BYU basketball fan. So tune into it. It'll be streaming live on the WCC network. Uh, no TV coverage for this game, unfortunately. You have to go online, watch it on your tablet or your computer, or cast it to your TV to watch it that way. You also can tune into BYU Radio. Greg Rubel will have the call as well for you if you want to tune into the game that way. All right, so there you go. We'll have reca- a recap of that game for you guys on tomorrow's show. Who knows who might enter the transfer portal, who might commit to BYU via the transfer portal. But we'll have it for you guys. We'll have you covered every single day. We'll get to our listener mailbag on tomorrow's show. I can promise you of that. Got some great questions out there uh, that many of you have submitted this week. We'll get to those on tomorrow's show as well. So thank you, as always, for making us your first listen of the day. I want to encourage you guys to make your second listen today. Our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors is your Big 12 expert, making sure you're up to date on everything going on in the Big 12 conference in 30 minutes or less. Get that free and available wherever you get your podcast. It's also available on YouTube. All right, that'll do it for us. Do it for myself, I guess I should say. And a big thank you to all of you for your support of the podcast. As always, this has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.